How's it going, folks? Welcome into Overtalk. My name is Kid Liquid. As always, I'm joined here by a great panel of fellas. We have Joshua Piscator Lee, Caleb Cable Finn, Chris Bizzle Bizzle, and Dylan Pepitus Hornbrook. Fellas, we got we finally have the game in hand, the full game in hand. How's it feel? Woo! Battleborn! I mean Overwatch! <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. In that news as well, guys, if you don't like Overwatch, Battleborn is now on sale. It's now $40 instead of 60 They did do a price cut uh, out of fear. Buy the disc and choke on it is what Chris is trying and to say. In other news, if you don't like Overwatch, why are you listening or watching this? <laughs> also, fun fact, the state motto of Nevada is Battleborn. Is that really? really? Yeah, it is. It's printed on my driver's license. Oh, they're gonna change it to Overwatch. Of Nevada, <laughs> Overwatch. Wait, <laughs> that's the news I want to see. Nevada State motto: Overwatch. Overwatch. <laughs> We're all soldiers now. I would move to Nevada. <laughs> you would move to Nevada. You heard it here oh, first. What happens if like cities in Nevada actually just started changing their names to the maps in Overwatch? That'd be dope. <laughs> That'd be sick. Where would you want to live? I, dude, if if the cities like actually rebuilt like to the city maps, I'd live in Hanamura. Like, I come live on. In, yeah, I would live in Hanamura or Ilios. Ilios yeah. Oh, Legion Tower would actually be kind of dope. Oh, Ooh, that dude, would be really cool. It would take cool. you forever to get to your apartment. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I don't know. Like, I'd like having the night market. The night market's kind of cool. You know, you can walk places. Yeah, Asian things. night markets, they're the shit, man. They're really yeah, awesome. They are. That's what I heard. Dude, if you live in Southern California, there's <laughs> the night market that uh, happens every every year down here. It's awesome. Uh, but we're getting real sidetracked. But guys, so <laughs> we've been our our first episode of Overtalk was December second. So we've been running this show for about six months now. Um, and finally, uh, we're actually talking about a game. Yeah, that is and, available. and now the game is available for the first time, which yeah. is really exciting. Uh, how how much? Who's put the most time in? Actually, I know we're all like really busy and working. I think Wait, busy. so far since the release. Yeah. How how much? Has anyone like sat down and really been able to grind a bit, or has it been? Fourteen. Bizzle has because he has has no real job. You can tell by the wow. Today, <laughs> dude, he actually like travels. He's got the real yeah. beard. He's the beard going. Dude, I was. Go to migrant workers. Do we walk. count that? Oh shit! God. I <gasps> could not play. I could not pick up my copy of Overwatch and play during launch. Yeah, so yeah, wait, I, can't... I still actually don't have my copy. We won't go into this whole spiel. I still don't have my freaking collector's edition copy from GameStop. Forget wow. you, GameStop. So Dude, sick of no. you guys. But I bought a digital version because uh, I'm that addicted. And so wow. I, bought, I bought a digital version, made a separate account so that I can play. That makes sense. I didn't realize. Actually, I should rephrase. My wife bought a digital version, and I've been playing on her account for the past couple of days. Well, Blizzard, uh, we don't approve of account sharing. Account sharing yeah, is bad. Cable's it's... joking. He's saying it facetiously. Could you imagine they come? Oh, Cable of SoCal Esports. He's a scoundrel and come in and ban your wife's accounts. <laughs> yeah. No, ban my What is hers is his. I mean, that's not account sharing. That is. Is that just... how marriage works? Oh, yeah. It's... What's mine is yours, and yours is mine, depending on prenuptials. Prenuptials. <laughs> that sounds so romantic right after the vows you go over. Now, if you ever get an Overwatch account, we got to share that. <laughs> I think I, Dude, I, you I, think don't I finally understand. After the ceremony, I mean, you prenup before the ceremony. That's the point of the prenup. I guess nowadays there probably should be a line for, like, digital currency. There's got to be something including digital currency, not just regular currency. RP, Hearthstone packs, all that stuff. Does my, Dude, does my, who gets account? my Balanet account? Who gets my Steam account when I die? Does no, right. Samantha get it? Does your baby get it? I don't know. Does she Does she like my thousand games that she'll probably never play? She has to get to like Master Tier and Starcraft first before she's worthy. Yeah. She'll yeah, dude. Sticking up my name. Oh. It's fine. You're going to spoil dude, your kids shit. otherwise. Don't just give her a diamond account. She's got to earn it. These are tough things to think of, actually. It's like a You're trust. Gonna, like ready yeah. player to this shit, and everyone's gonna start crying. Oh my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> no, so guys, we. So to answer your original question, I think Dylan has played the most out of all of us. Probably, probably. Yeah. So Dylan, what? I how, like. How how I'm, much have you sunk sunken in? Like, is it is it a insane amount here? I'm like oh. level 14, 15. Oh, okay, that's not bad. Yeah, I, I played really hard, like, launch day, played till, like, 1 in the morning. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, but yesterday, like, fatigue got the better of me, and I just, like, zoned out the entire day. Slept. Sure. Glorious. You've been working hard. <laughs> yeah, yeah. A lot yeah. of early mornings. A lot of early mornings back-to-back. Speaking of, speaking of which, congratulations on the on the theater thing, because that was awesome. Dude, theater heard... thing and the real-life loot box. If you didn't check yeah, out the real-life no, loot are, box. Those are awesome. Go, so... so jealous. Yeah. Dude, yeah. check those out. Like... You you would never guess, but like those boxes were actually like the big thing in making that. Like obviously the stuff inside is great for the launch, but we were so proud to make the actual like physical box. Like yeah. to me, it could have been like empty or with like a note <laughs> inside, and I still would have been happy. But the thing you never realize is that box is low gauge custom cut steel. Like it is oh so God. ridiculously crafted and designed. Wait, the box is made of steel? The box is made of steel. What? How much does that thing weigh? It weighs about a good 25, maybe close My to 30 God. pounds. What I want the so much more now. Serious. Doesn't yeah, Cal I have mean, one? If, if, yes. if you watch the influencers like actually pick these things up, they're a strain. Like, they are not these paper-thin That's plastic awesome, things dude. that you made willy-nilly. We told How much the, can we I told take the... to be an influencer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How long do no, you have to run a podcast for to become an influencer? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you kind of need a couple, maybe ten to hundred thousand more followers. God damn it! <laughs> we'll yeah, I mean, like that—that—that—that that, that was really cool. I mean, the promotion for this game has been fantastic so far. Oh, oh. dude, that and the uh, the character boxes. Yeah, those are that great. were out in L.A., Paris, and uh, where was it? Busan or or was yeah, it in Seoul? It was in Busan. He's in Busan. Busan but, yeah. of all places is like the but, like, weirdest dude, place to It's happen. so funny. I, I, I went to yeah. I went to go see Tracer at the at Hollywood Hollywood Highland, which is in LA. Uh, and like she lights up and the, the whole thing was like it was it was just a really cool thing. And then after I went, I got text messages all weekend from like my friends or from family that like had no idea about Overwatch and they were like, dude, what's this thing? Like it looks really cool. It's on Hollywood Highland. Look what's this? It's, it was just, it was fantastic to see. I mean, this is a continuation of something that I thought Blizzard did really well uh, with not the most current expansion, but the one before it for World of Warcraft, when they had the giant axe in a taxi in Times Square in New York. Yeah. And people, like, they just didn't tell anyone about it. And it it's so funny when video games stop being something on a screen in a house and they're, like, put up in the face of the public. And people always get really interested about it. They might never play the game, but like actually getting them to see it and see parts of it out in the wild where they're not expecting, it's really interesting to see how they react. Sure. Dude, my favorite thing, honestly, one of my well, one of my favorite things is going to E three every year and then you go you walk outside the venue and there's of course like I think one year there's the gigantic Titanfall statue, uh, and stuff like that. And there's people walking around downtown LA that have no idea E three is there. Just seeing all this random crap and like nerds walking around, and they're just so nerds. confused. They're just so confused as to what's going on, and they're so interested, and it's it's really cool to see. Um, but yeah, I I'm I'm very excited that the game's finally out. I went back and I checked. Most of us said that the game was going to come out in June, around E3. So we weren't complete. We weren't too far off. I mean, I kind of always knew when the game was coming out i mean it was one of the perks <laughs> but i will me. tell you i'm dylan hornabrook i, I know got all i know this okay, okay. Up, i i am going to tell you this is really actually kind of funny up until about two months before launch there was a very severe risk that this game was going to slip back to like october oh hold the door yeah, Uh-oh. I heard about that i mean and i mean we we've seen kind of the issues like we don't have competitive at launch and i'm sure that's something we're going to we're going to talk about here later, but there there were a lot of worries about making sure that they were going to meet this deadline. But credit to them, they not only met the deadline, but they've done a fantastic job. Yeah, agreed. They did, they did a great job. <clears throat> um, yeah. Hey, if you guys are watching for the first time, you don't know what this <laughs> is. Uh, all, all week, Josh, Josh and I worked on a uh, a piece for Machinima and Overwatch at a glance, and you can go ahead and check that out on Machinima Versus on YouTube. And go ahead and check that out. Uh, but otherwise, <laughs> good plug. sick plug, man. It is. Uh, you guys, you guys already know. So what? I I will have to say the 
overall talent pool of over maybe it's because we've had the game so long is everyone just really bad is everyone just really bad uh are you saying that as in like uh the way that league of legends players say you're really bad yes no 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 no. i no, think these I mean, players like, are legitimately like bad. legitimately bad like they just don't know how to play the game yet Oh, like wait, people on the, you just random queue with? Or are we talking yeah. people who have? No, oh yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, they're really bad. Like I, I don't think it's bad as much as they haven't really grasped the core but, of the game yet. Yeah, but my thing is, we always said that Overwatch was a little like pretty intuitive and pretty easy to get grasp on. Was that just because we played games the entire time? We kind of understood. Like I think I took for granted that Overwatch was pretty easy to play. Like, is it harder than we thought it was to the general public? You know what I mean? So, I once again, I'm going to say there's a lot of learning that goes into Overwatch. There's, you know, a lot of getting the maps down, getting the heroes down. And I would say, if I look at everyone on this panel, we're all actually pretty naturally inquisitive people. When you give us a little bit of information, it drives us to read in a lot more. Like, how many of you learned about just one hero and stopped learning about heroes entirely? I I put over two hundred hours into Diva, so I. <laughs> okay, yes, but you've learned every this you've read about every other hero in the game. <laughs> yeah, like you didn't just learn Diva and say, okay, I'm no I'm no longer going to learn about anyone else. I have yeah. a friend who's literally played Soldier seventy six, and he can't understand what anybody else in this game does. Yeah, hot yeah. scrub. So, I'm gonna say there's there's a difference in behaviorisms, or man. Yeah, I'll say behaviorisms. It's probably not a word, but I'll make it a word. We're going to Shakespeare this. Um, <laughs> in behaviorisms that people use, and uh, actually, I think it'd just be behaviors. I don't even know why I'm making a new word. Uh, there are different behaviors that people have. And for me, with Overwatch, it's a lot about learning. If you're not willing to learn and adapt and change over time, you're just not going to get better and improve. Like, stubbornly trying to practice the mechanics of just one aspect or like one trick ponying things doesn't really work. Yeah. Uh, I mean you should see my it diva. depends. I think you need to I do think you need to um uh, familiarize yourself with everything. You need to create your understanding of the playing field. I do agree with that. But then once you have your basic understanding, I actually think focusing is the best way to improve. Focusing on a single player, a single hero I mean, same goes for League. You focus on a single League player uh, or League character until you're platinum, and then you start, you know, getting kind of more diversified. Look at this I pro mean, and platinum over there. Yeah, I, platinum. Like, I both agree and disagree with you because I, I totally understand because coming from StarCraft, like, you practice one build, and then, like, that is your build for, like, every matchup. And or for for at least one of the myths. Anyways, so you practice that belt, and then like you get that down, and then you move on to the other thing. But in Overwatch, the problem is with that that mentality is that you just don't like if you can't have that mentality. You have to switch at some point, unless you're the only healer or only tank in that game. Sure, um, I'm, I, would I argue think with that. that I think that Dylan brings up a good point in that some people will just focus in on one character. And a lot of us kind of think because I agree with Dylan and that we're probably naturally like exploratory, inquisitive people. But there's a lot of people when we see in a lot of other games as well who just focus in on the aspect that they're comfortable with and thing that they like. We see this in League MOBAs all the time. They're like, all right, I'm going to play Annie. I'm only going to play Annie. I'm going to learn everything there is about Annie. And it makes you wonder, like, you run into those players in solo queue, and you're like, all right, you've been playing since season two. How the hell do you not know what Caitlyn does? Like, you see a Caitlyn netaway, it's like, huh, it's been five years. I had no idea she can do that. And I'm kind of saying that jokingly, but at the same time, we've all had that experience where it's like, oh my gosh, Malzahar just locked me down. Have you not known that for the past, like, 18 years? Like, hey, it's there's a good chance that someone anymore. hadn't seen Malzahar in four years. <laughs> that, is a, a that is a pretty good chance. chance. <laughs> that until mid-season mage update, someone had not seen Malzahar before. I could believe that. I know League players that had literally never played against Malzahar until he got updated. But still, in Overwatch, I think it's harder to get away with that. I think everybody yeah, should, yeah. Yeah, should put in an effort to learn every single character because there's only 21. And personally, the best way I learn is to actually get hands-on and learn through actual first-hand experience. But 
maybe some people are more passive learners or more observational learners. But for me, like I need to actually sit down and play with them. And that's how uh, I absorb all that information. So Yeah, and I, I will say for myself, I'm a utilitarian guy. Like I will learn to use like as many tools as possible over like mastering one just because I I'm I'm a very like team focused guy. So if I see like gaps in teams, I'm always like trying to fill them. So my personal style is very different from uh, other people. Sure. I mean yep. for for me coming as kind of a one trick right from my from my perspective like it for me it's more of yes i know diva and yes i know everything that she can do and everything kind of the way that she functions the way she works but i also understand the other heroes sort of in relation to her right um at a deep level and i think deeper than most people do and i think that's honestly more important than like sure i don't know the right situation to ult as as soldier but i can kind of feel out when is the right time to ult so i can counter or or react to it um or like when they are going to ult if that makes sense mm -hmm. and i think i think understanding the not only understanding each character like you can understand the characters that's fine and the heroes themselves but until you understand their relationship to each other then i think you've not you haven't really grasped the core of the game yet does that make sense and not only how you go against other characters but and how with you work with well. characters on yeah. your own team Sure. Like synergies go both ways in this game. And that's something I think a lot of people are really having to think about now. Because we don't really truthfully deal a lot with synergies with your team in league. You're much more focused on your uh, counter synergies than I you are. I argue with that. And yeah, it, it depends on your level. Um, and truthfully, like what role you play. If you play support, of course, you're always worried about it. But with like solo <laughs> queue laners, uh, solo laners, they're they're always on about the counter. Solo laners. Solo yeah. laners. Oh god. Um. Yeah. I don't know. So we have. I was gonna say something. Oh, so we have a tournament coming up, guys. We have the biggest tournament of the Overwatch season so far. The Overwatch's lifespan coming up this weekend with mm -hmm. Esports Arena and uh, in Santa Ana. Something that me and Josh are both competing in. And so, what are we? Woo. What are we thinking of that? What are we thinking of sort of the point, the the way, the style at which these tournaments are starting off? Right. We we've gone through it a, quite a bit, but we're starting to get now a more kind of honed in perspective of what these tournaments are. Okay. First question, most important, is yeah. Overtalk your official sponsor Team. slash? Always my official sponsor. Yeah, you know, we're all going to be walking in wearing different jerseys. Like, Chris is going to have an Overtalk one on. I'm going to have some weird League of Legends Cal State Fullerton one on. Everybody's just going to rep their own team. Yeah, it's going to be a thing. I like it. Le hot punch. Um, to answer your question, I mean, they're good. Like, I think the 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 way the tournaments are starting out and the way they're being put together is really, really nice. Um, I'm looking forward to seeing how this works out. Because I think this is the first big one since launch, right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, the, the, first only, land, at least. the only thing that I'm sad about is that it's Esports Arena doing it. And so the yeah. bracket format is not the best. And I'm not entirely sure mm -hmm. how the production is going to work. Um, yeah, that's that's going to be an interesting thing to see. I, I'm really happy that... the. I, <clears throat> let me rephrase. It's a good launch event for a grassroots style that's not officially supported. It's great to see that right off the bat, $10,000 prize pool is coming in. Um, it is definitely the biggest, most exciting thing so far in the game. And to that effect, a lot of big names of teams are coming out. Um, Josh and I had this discussion, though. Uh, all, there's lots of Overwatch pros who are going to be attending this tournament. Lots of Overwatch pros. <laughs> How in the heck are you an Overwatch pro yet? The game is just released. Unless like, your name is Seagull. A, unless your name is Seagull. Even then, I wouldn't say he's an Overwatch pro yet. There's like he's not even on the best team. Like he's on Luminosity. <laughs> like Cloud Nine reunited, and uh, I'd say probably envious for like a, a three seed here. Yeah. But I mean, Cloud Nine showing up, you're you're going to feel a difference. Like let's let's be honest. You can joke about calling them pros, but at this point, if you're going to take a map off of Cloud9, 
I will be really impressed. Well, get ready to be impressed by our squad, Dylan Horner. Yeah, yeah, I'm ready. We're going to roll through this entire I'm, bracket. Dude, biggest fan right here. I'm going to watch and, like, yeah, I'm praying for the upset. How hype would you be upset? What are you talking about, Dylan? Get out of here. The upset as in Cloud9 beating us? Because I'm pretty sure that's what you meant, right? Yeah, of 100%. course, Josh. Of course. Dude. They've been boot camping at NVIDIA ever since the game came out, by the way. Yeah, they've been, they've been boot camping like crazy. Yeah. So I mean, I'm I'm excited to play in it. I, I'm curious to see how the meta shifts and how how it forms, because and we'll talk what about meta it. shift. There were no changes except for like some ghost changes. Well, I mean, meta, I mean, call out, but they're there. I mean, I was meta, gonna ask about that if there's any if there were any balance changes on release. I didn't see anything, and I haven't felt any differences either. The only one, and this is a ghost change that unless you have played mm. Symmetra enough, you wouldn't notice. But her cooldown on her sentry turrets is considerably lower, allowing her to actually get all six of her turrets out on some maps. Ooh. Oh, that's, that's exciting. Cool. I mean, like, so by meta shift, can you bring it back a little quick? The mm-hmm. I meant by meta shift, like this is the first time that we're having the wide public play this game, and so when you get it in that many more people's hands, I'm curious to see what differences come up out of that and what things are discovered and sort of compositions that we weren't thinking about before when it was only like a couple thousand of us that were playing um it's a little different and like you have open beta weekends that that allowed more people in but that's nowhere near what's what people are playing now yeah so we'll see how that goes and we'll be discussing that at the end of the month with our meta monthly breakdowns if you haven't seen this yeah yep wait isn't the end of the month no it's not I'm plugging all over the place, boys. I see Cable smile at me. <laughs> <laughs> Technically, next Wednesday is the start of next month. Yeah. Oh, shit. We're going to do it next week. This is the end of the month. It's okay. I, no, I guess no. this show's over. It just this fell apart over. right here. <laughs> yep. We're, We're done. Do We're, doing it. We're doing it for the end of next month. But, um, yeah, I'm I'm pumped, dude. I'm I'm so excited that this game is out. Uh, what? So, was everyone waiting at 4 o'clock, waiting for this game to open? I was. <laughs> I wish. I Do wish. No. We were. We were at. Josh and hey, I were it's at 7 work. Seven p.m. my time. So you know that's, that's true. That's perfect. Good. That's true. Yeah, Josh and I were at work, and of course we work in esports. So the like our whole office was waiting for it, and it was just the twenty minutes that the game wouldn't open or that the servers were crashed. Literally, everyone in that office was flipping it shit. <laughs> right. And it was funny because we were making fun of all these people. There was like something like 300,000 people on Twitch just watching people try to log into the game. We're like, ha oh look at these losers. They're just waiting for people to no. log into the game. By the time we the game launched, there were 300,000 people yeah. watching Overwatch while no one could play Overwatch. It was, it was actually kind of cool. And uh, my favorite tweet about it was the entire world has come together to watch a loading screen. Like it was, it was, <laughs> it was literally that. Like everyone was watching this screen, waiting for the game to load up. I think there were over a hundred thousand people in the Overwatch subreddit too, trying to get updates. R slash R slash all, the top post on R slash all for that whole day or that whole like after four o'clock was uh, the servers being down, and then the third post was from the moderators of R slash Overwatch saying that they will update the page when it's up. So please stop spamming the the subreddit like those are those are two of the top three posts on reddit for that whole day here is my favorite story from reddit that day so on that first post the one you were talking about that reached r slash all yeah uh the first comment on it was literally unplayable and that guy got gold five times oh yeah it's great (laughs) and then the next best post to come up after the game had come up was servers are up and the same guy top comment was literally playable and he got gold three more times so that guy literally made two jokes for eight gold that is like the reddit story of honors so time out overwatch twitter just tweeted out that the uh they're they're having a limited edition farah funko that's limited to the blizzard gear store so it's starting boys Wow! Oh, dude, don't worry. Merchandise is. Uh, oh, I yeah. know, Dylan. You, Dylan, you know, you know things. Is my diva coming? Can I buy a diva Funko? I, I cannot. Uh, I, I truthfully don't know about that. Okay. <laughs> I cannot. All they've told me is that merchandise maybe. will be heavy and will be coming. Yes. I do not know what the items are. 
Dude, there's going to be everything I'm under so the sun excited. for this game. They're merching it so well. I'm so yeah. excited because I I have the other ones. I have the there's five so far. There's the limited edition soldier that came with or that is at GameStop. There's the Tracer, Reaper, Widow, and then the six inch Winston. So there's five so far. So we're 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 like almost a fourth there, man, of having every hero. And then this Pharaoh now makes six. That's great. Oh yeah. So you know we were we were kind of glossing at this, but why don't we actually talk about how successful this game was at launch? Yeah. Like we joke yeah. about it being down for twenty minutes, but yeah. it was only down for twenty minutes. And I mean, sure, there were people that complained about getting kicked intermittently, but for the launch of a game with this much hype and with this much attention, those servers held up remarkably well. Oh yeah, they like, did I, really well. I, I saw think this goes down as the best launch in Blizzard history. I, I would so. argue Heart of the Heart of the Swarm did did pretty well. Yeah. Although that was an expansion, but like that did beautifully too. I didn't have any problems with that. For you a know. brand new game with brand new servers or coding yeah. or whatever, you know, integration, it did incredible. And I saw a good post from somebody on uh, one of our SoCal Overwatch groups that was like, uh, everybody complaining about the servers being down for 20, 30 minutes, but really they released the game a day early. Every, everybody said it was going to be May 24th. May 24th, May 24th, and then they release it May 23rd at 4 p.m. It was a day early. So whatever t- whatever time you got from 4 p.m. Pacific or wherever you were at up till the 24th was really free extra time that you shouldn't have counted on. No. Even that said, even that said, only 20 minutes of downtime on server launch is incredible. I will say, and please notice this, that Blizzard, in their marketing... They will tell you the day by the time it is at midnight in Europe. And they do a very good job at this at making sure their European community is addressed. Uh-huh. So anytime you hear a day, it's usually because they're... And we say, oh, they got it out a day early. It's actually no. They always do the marketing to the European side. And we just never think about them in the U.S. We're <laughs> like, oh, they said a day? That's got to be talking about the U.S. But no, it actually did release on the 24th in Europe, as they had previously stated. Well, in so, that case, screw Blizzard and their 20-minute lateness. Like, <laughs> I want my money now back. You're late. I'm so Wait. entitled to those extra 20 minutes. I could have been doing so much in that 20 minutes, and instead they made me wait to play a video game. <sighs> Dylan, that, but all the StarCraft games launched at midnight during or the day they were supposed to launch, though. Yeah, yeah. but see, those were not FPSs. FPSs for Europe. And plus, they're doing this as an internal change. Very recently, since okay, so yeah, I want to say that it's like almost within the year that they've started this policy change. Probably cause, okay, because Diablo Reaper Souls and regular base Diablo were both released at midnight on West Coast. Yeah, um, I mean, like, I will say it was nice that they released it early, but like, killed some hype, man. Like, what you oh, wanted? To, no, you wanted to be midnight. You wanted it to be 3 a.m. Eastern time? Okay, so... Bizzle, what the fuck? Are you complaining that this released hold on, earlier? Hold on, and hear no. me out here, because there is something. There is some truth to this, and hold on, okay? So, even if I ordered from Amazon, right? Overwatch, or not Overwatch, like, any, like, release party for a game, Heart of the Swarm, whatever, like, those were really interesting and really fun to me right going to a midnight launch party of a game is awesome right i did it for wing yeah. of liberty part of the swarm etc 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 right there was nothing like that and i think we're just going away from that which is sad to me but well, it's because we no longer have physical copies like i mean that used to be one of the big reasons why these launches happen like the halo launch where you know you went to a store to buy the physical copy because that was the only way oh you were getting God. the game Dude, they knew you were me. being the Halo 2 launch was ridiculous. Yeah. Line through the roof, man. I mean, like <sighs> I kind of agree with Bizzle on this. I was a little bit disappointed that there was no official grandiose Blizzard Overwatch launch party. Uh, I mean, every year here in Irvine, Blizzard's located here in Irvine, they hold this 
big party at, or not every year, but at every launch, they hold this big party at the Irvine Spectrum, which is our local big outdoor mall. They have a huge grand stage and they do all these cool activities and they have all the developers. And we're talking like 50, 60 developers all on a line of tables, like a circle of tables. And you have a line and you go take your box to everyone and they each of the developers signs it. So you have some crazy awesome box with 50 developers signing it. There's all this hype that always happens around whatever StarCraft, uh, Hearthstone, or uh, World of Warcraft, or Diablo every time. And this game didn't have anything like that. We had a Cal State Fullerton student-run 250 people Overwatch launch party that was fun. I enjoyed it, but it was no Blizzard amazing, huge production. But yeah. I think that's smart. You can't afford it anymore. And not, not from a monetary sense. From a community aspect, you can't do one-offs like that anymore. And Riot's felt the pain of this and Blizzard's felt the pain of it, especially in the past five years with the advent of Reddit and social communities being so much more tethered than they are nowadays. If you run a limited event in a single city for a very select group of people, you are going to get blasted. You're going to be held accountable in so many ways for being in such a small amount of places. And companies are extremely, extremely adverse to that right now. I agree. I, I mean, disagree with that, though. I mean, in, in Irvine, like, you can't just say it like, oh, well, we'll put it in every city. No, I mean, like, it's Irvine. It's Blizzard HQ. What are you going to do about it, right? I wouldn't be pissed off about it. No, I'm just... Like, I, Bizzle, this is the same you're... community that's complaining about a 20-minute delay, Bizzle. No, I, like, Bizzle, I completely agree with you. I think you're right in, this, in, the, in a normal sense. If everyone was, you know not total dicks about it you're fine remember you're talking about a community that again complain like josh said complains about 20 minute wait times that is extremely entitled and thinks they deserve stuff like it six minutes of only watch uh, six months of only watch yeah like bizzle let me let me share one of my experiences with you i ran lcs viewing parties for almost two years to a year and a half now in mm -hmm. theaters across europe and in multiple nations no matter how many countries i put it in i would have someone saying why is this not in Czechoslovakia? Why is this event not in Boston? Even if I'm in 15 or 65 cities in the United States, someone will complain to me about it not being in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. Like fair, literally, I did, I did bitch at you for it for the theater event not being in Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> wow. exactly. You're part of the problem. <laughs> now, our events are not super premium. Like, they are a, a mid-sized premium because we try and find, you know, like a healthy balance. But seriously, like if you did a premier, premier experience in Irvine, California, the online community would be at your throat. And they were. When the three events were in France, in L.A., and in Busan, there were angry fans in Korea. There were angry fans in the U.S. There were angry fans across Europe. Why was this not in Berlin, arguably one of the bigger places? Why was this event not in London? Anytime there, you do was very there select kind of thing few premium with, events. With, with all the other launches of games, though, like Legacy like of the Void or the Diablo expansion, like was there this outrage for that, which happened, what, like a year and a half ago at max? Two years right, ago? but this is the evolution of the community. They're so much more entitled to yeah. what they think they should be getting now. You just can't get away with it. And then yeah. when you're, when At you're, the same time, are these launch events unnecessary thing anymore i mean they have to serve a purpose in creating hype drawing all this press attention blah 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 putting a spotlight on it but the fact that overwatch has been plastered all over the internet for the past eight months especially nowadays with the release of the shorts in addition to everywhere i look it's overwatch 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 I like do you really need another launch event like at this point when you can get games online like you said there's no physical media that you actually have to go out and obtain like, you may as well just stay home. Everybody's already hyped for it. Like, the launch event is essentially you jumping online at 4 p.m. or 4.20 p.m. <laughs> Blaze it. Uh, That's why they did it. <laughs> yeah, I saw a post on Facebook from one of my Blizzard friends. It was said, secretly, we just wanted to launch the servers at 4.20. <laughs> it's like, why do we need a big launch event in Irvine? Like, Irvine, everything closes at 9 p.m. anyway. Like, who cares? I get it. I do. Like, I understand. But, like, at the same time, it's just like, all right, kids, come on in. You know, fine. Like, it. I mean, to me, though, it felt very grandiose. Like, the and maybe it's different because we work 
in in gaming and we work in esports and so like the environment that we were naturally in at the time was very on I mean, the on the, task like so yeah, i mean i'm guessing if, I, if if you work is esports no i know but like whoa who's typing um, Bizzles with the angry typing. <laughs> I'm not <laughs> typing. No, like, like my 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 thing is, I even in again in our office, everyone was super hyped. Everyone's excited. Like, and for the past week or for the past like this whole week, everyone's been pumped, excited, like ready to go. Talking about Overwatch, playing Overwatch. Like, it's it's an exciting thing, and I think like the commu- the communal thing is turning less into a a large scale thing and more of a what's around you kind of communal communal community scale. Um, and like, I felt the hype, not even going to a party, which normally, yeah, I would go down to Irvine and, and kind of party it up. And I've done that with Starcraft and Diablo and it, you know, is it sad not to go down there for Overwatch? Sure. But I mean, do, do I miss it? No, nah, no, nah, think but about it. Not really. At a part, I mean, like you were at a party, but you were at like the environment that I, that I am talking about. Right. Sure. With like 15 or 10 or 15 people that are super hyped about this game. Right. Sure. So, like, I don't know. And, like, and I do, I am the same way about movies now that are releasing at 7 p.m. instead of midnight. So, like, apparently I'm in, like, the grand old days. Jesus, I'm getting old. Like. <laughs> Kayla's shaking his head <laughs> over there. You know, I, as stupid and unfortunate as it sounds, I was just feeling the same way right now in that I. I kind of miss the old-fashioned, like, kind of glamour and glitz of, of putting on these launch parties. I, I think that it was something really neat and cool. I didn't attend all of them. Some of them I watched online, and I wasn't even able to go to the local mall yeah. near me. But I think there's something really exciting about it. For, for the Heart of the Swarm one that they did, um, they even had, like, a whole launch day. Granted, there was a community already built around it. It was an expansion and all this stuff. But they had a whole launch day where they featured... Um, community videos right like if you recorded yourself on a little youtube video or a little video you sent it in then they did these all day they had day nine there at the stream they were doing content all day i don't know it was a really cool neat thing to just uh, be involved and engage the community now i see i absolutely see the point of why it didn't happen the the money was perhaps best spelt, spent elsewhere um all the hype and all the you know it was a freaking ubiquitous title the the name overwatch everyone and their mother knows what it is right now they branded cars right they had like people pimp their rides into overwatch stuff and they had billboards and they had all this stuff across the world so you know and the digital shorts like okay let's say let's say that the digital short costs me the same amount of money that a launch party cost me which one would i choose the digital short or the launch party Short. Like, well, you gotta go I, get it. I think the digital short. Yeah, yeah no, no, I get it. Has worldwide appeal, and exactly, I get it too. I get it too, Chris, and I understand, and I, I know the decision. But it does like make Chris. Like, it it does make my old-fashioned soul a little bit sad here. I mean, yeah, I don't feel that old-fashioned, but you know, I'm, I'm pretty up with the new kids. The hot, the oh hot. Oh my god! Funny <laughs> that because the hot launch was like my most excited launch i remember like and this is so dumb but like they were like asking for people to post up so i was on a bus on the way to work and i like wrote in the fog of the bus like hashtag hot launch and like took a picture of it and like sent it to them like it was dumb and stupid but like that is my most cherished memory of a blizzard launch right right in windows alone in a bus got it I feel like we're complaining here about this launch not being everything we wanted it to be, and that's not what I want to come out of this. I like no. I am really excited about the launch. I think they did an incredible job. I think there was a was it a Forbes magazine article or, or online article or some some major news outlet saying that Blizzard accomplished with this something that basically no other title has ever accomplished before, and that's having an incredible community and hype built on the day of. Yeah, I mean the day oh, of. Given this is largely an extension of their pre-existing community. community. Yes, that's yeah. true. Okay. But I mean, that far. I would say EA has a pre-existing community, but I don't think they could have accomplished this. Uh, they they also have you know this is for me. I'm looking at this. This is really an extension of a track record of excellence with Blizzard. Like I mean. It's very hard to look down Blizzard's title list and see anything where you like go, oh, that was 
That was bad. You mean superhero task force? Okay, okay. <laughs> We're not talking get... 20 years ago. <laughs> yeah, 20, 20 years ago with an off-brand title, yeah. But no, with Blizzard IP, it's a, it's a pretty stellar list. Yeah. Like, they have such good credit with the community that you just know that what they put out is going to have hype. Like, it's it's going to have an inbuilt community, no matter what they build. Like, they went into arena shooters this time. And they've created the genres of their past IPs, like the isometric RPG, the MMO, like... Uh, yeah. The RTS, all of these, they created their own genres, and now they've stepped into a genre. They didn't create the genre, but they've stepped into a completely different genre once again. And it's just like they could put, they could make a sports title next, like if they had the licenses to, and people would still be hyped about it. Yeah, yeah. and and you got to give commendation to the unfortunate decision they had to make to cut Titan, which eventually yeah. led to what Overwatch is today. I mean. Maybe the Titan, maybe somebody saw something or uh, realized something about Titan that it was not going to live up to this sure. standard of excellence well, that you're talking about. If you and if that you go, has blossomed into Overwatch today. Sure. I mean, if you guys go on to GameSpot, uh, GameSpot did an amazing three piece or three part uh, piece on Overwatch and sort of where it came from, and they do. Uh, they're 20 minutes a piece, and that first 20 minutes is on Titan. And it's on, they talked to Menson, and they talked to a bunch of the devs that worked on Titan. And they yeah, basically, it's yeah, it's, it's fantastic. So please go ahead and check that out. But uh, they go ahead and talk to Menson, and Menson talks about how Titan became this sort of I- idealistic super project that everyone sort of, Bl- Blizzard's famous, and, and the way Blizzard games work and function so well is that everyone on the dev team works for a singular goal and they they see their they they don't want a part of the game they want the game themselves to be or they want to give a little bit of themselves to the game and, and own it as a group where you know when you're looking at titan they said that, that people got certain ideas that they liked or certain things that they liked in their head and then went went over and um were kind of protecting what they wanted in the game in particular and so the game sort of became a very individualistic kind of project. And so through the through the ashes of that, they came together as a team and, and made Overwatch. And they, they went back to the drawing board to find something they, they all really enjoyed, which was kind of the basis of Quake and Half-Life 2 Arena and, and you know, that kind of stuff. Um, which is an incredible story to hear. Um, but yeah, it, yeah. It was, it's just a... You can feel... I think Overwatch, the thing more so than anything else, you can feel the labor of love that went into Overwatch, and you can see the, the attention to detail and, and sort of the the passion that, that Blizzard had for this, even more than I could see in, like, other Blizzard games, which is which is a lot to say, because there's a lot of attention yes. to detail in those, but Overwatch is a different monster, man. Like, I don't, I don't think I've seen a game like this in a long time that has this much love put into it. Yep. I fully agree with you. It's It's absolutely astounding. And I'm. It's so cool to be a part of the launch, even just as a fan. It's so cool to be a part of the launch as you know, like uh, somebody in the industry. Uh, it's it's amazing. I'm I'm so in love with this game, and I think it's incredible what they've been able to accomplish. And even things like even things that they've done so well, like I'm sure you guys saw the little fan art drawing by the little girl that then got turned yeah, into a yeah. fan art, like a actual concept art by the the creative artist. I mean, things like that, you don't, uh, it's not forced, but it's people working really hard around the clock. And it's it's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, like, if, if we want to just talk about show of emotion and love that they put into this game, let's remember, let's, let's rewind the clock two years ago, Chris Metzen on the BlizzCon stage announcing this game almost in tears. Yeah. Like, he was so happy. Now, he couldn't have cared less what happened to the game after this. He was just so happy to share the game, the idea of the game, with the world, that it almost brought him to tears. Like, yeah. that is... And he said he said that he looked... The, the, what made him cry was that looking at the faces in the front of the crowd, the dev team that worked on it, and, and was kind of through the survived through the ashes of titan and came out with this brilliant thing um that well, one of the things to, to to come in the wake of titan 
was they really shortened the team. Yeah. Titan was an extensive team. Like it, I've heard some estimates that are like a fourth to maybe even like a half of all of the devs at Blizzard were working on Titan. Yeah. Like it was an enormous cast and they slashed it dramatically for the Overwatch team. They really wanted to make it a small, dedicated team. So when you work that tightly with that few people for that amount of time, and you see them in the audience like thumping their legs while you're about to announce this, I, I like I couldn't imagine it. I would I would have broken down like right there. So yeah. credit to Chris Metzen for at least being able to to carry on the show at that moment. Right. So guys, we have about ten minutes left in the show. And we haven't touched on one thing. Can so when when the next set of emotes Nerf and, Bastion. No, Sorry. when when the next set of, of emotes and victory poses and skins come out, oh god. All I want is for for there to be a new animation for Soldier seventy six where he punches people with a pinata. <laughs> um, that should be a skin at least when you melee a pinata comes yeah, when out. You melee a pinata comes out. I need that in my <laughs> life. Are are you serious? Like I want I want like Batman Soldier seventy six now. Because that's what he was. He yeah. was he was like if Clint Eastwood was played by Batman, but Clint Eastwood decided that the bat suit was like not manly enough. So he's like, you know what? I'm gonna get some road leathers. Batman now wears road leather. <laughs> it was just great. Like I that the, to me too. The the short the, the part of the short that kind of threw me for a loop was when the girl runs back to her mom. And she's like, "Mom, you won't believe what happened." And then my favorite my favorite Reddit comment was like, "Yeah, I'm sure your mom would love to hear how you almost died." Like, <laughs> yo, my favorite part was the fact that after she had survived such a horrifying ordeal. She still went to go buy the flower. <laughs> like, that is some good family values or just a, an absolute fear of your mother. I, I don't know what it is, but she actually, like, She did say crap, my I mom was going to kill me, right? Yeah. Oh, this is, uh, this is true. So it's just crazy. <laughs> That's just, like, life for her. It's like, we, we're just seeing, like, what a day in her life is like. She survives explosions regularly, is, like, harassed by gangsters, and she's like, you know what? Screw all of this. I'm gonna go buy some flowers. I'm gonna buy some flowers. <laughs> I thought it was gonna come out like the very end that her mom was like an incognito former Overwatch member or something. Yo, I thought that, that would have been sick. Cool. That Dude, been wait, sick. now just just hang with me here. When I first saw it, like the speech of her mother matched really strongly in my mind with how Farah yes. does yeah. her yes. pronunciation, and I'm like, how screwed up would it be? If it was Farrah's mother just like ran away to Dorado and had this whole new family oh, that we only found in the cinematic. Could you imagine like it's having Farrah, a character who already has like so many mother issues in the dialogue we see with her characters in the game. Like how weird of an evolution would that be if that was real? It's messed up, man. Everything's a soap opera, man. Everything's a soap opera. <laughs> That canon now, but yeah, like Sarah Mexican. Was... Wait, Farhi. Yeah, that is definitely not yeah. a Mexican name. Oh, she's Egyptian. Yeah, yeah. Egyptian. Yeah, that makes a lot more the, sense, dude. So, this wasn't my favorite cinematic. Like, I still think yeah. Dragons is better, but like, this is a. I wasn't expecting Soldier seventy six to be as like hardcore as he was. <laughs> that dude's no, yeah. that dude's got some eggs, man. Real. Yeah, I'd agree with you on both counts. Here, uh, the. Whatever the dragons one was act actually amazing. Like, oh, yeah. I felt like I was watching Saturday morning cartoons when I was watching that. I was like a little kid who woke up yeah. at six a.m. in the morning to watch my cartoon. It was awesome. But this yeah. one definitely had those feels. It definitely did surprise me. I don't think we actually talked about dragons too. Dragons to me, I love the way they intertwined that, like the legends and the like the 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 yes. the story and with the and with the animation. It was great. The writer did a phenomenal job. Uh, oh, just yeah. absolutely phenomenal writing. Well, you know what the funny thing was? And I, I learned this in the uh, the short interview we had as part of the cinema launch parties. Mm -hmm. uh, that the actual story was idealized by the movie I Dream of, or Jiro Dreams of Sushi. With the relationship between the two brothers in that movie. And that's mm -hmm. what the film director brought in and said, you know what? 
we're going to do this brother versus brother aspect. And that's how they decided this was this was the content that was going to be for Genji and Hanzo. Incredible. Was that for the was that for the original story or for the cinematic itself? For the cinematic itself. Oh, okay. Because dude, the like, so I I fully dove into lore. I got that I got the collector's edition art book or the visual guide or whatever, which mm-hmm. is incredible by the way. If you ever have a chance to flip through that thing, and Cable, I know yours is coming, but like if you when you get it. Just Girl, it. you have just, to go there, huh? Just flip through <laughs> it, man. It is, it is a beautiful work of art and a great compilation of, of stuff. Um, and they really dive into the lore and sort of where they came from. The Genji Hanzo lore is so interesting to me. And, like, all the characters have really interesting lore. But, like, that storyline is so cool. Um, for, if, for anyone watching that doesn't know, uh, Hanzo and Genji are brothers that come from the... Come from the... Uh, a, kind of a Yakuza clan. Uh, Genji. Clan. Yeah, but it's 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 essentially the Yakuza, um, and so Hanzo is the stronger, bigger brother that's gonna take over after his dad dies, and Genji is the the younger brother that likes that's the playboy that likes to fool around and mess around, um, and once their dad dies, Hanzo takes over, and there's family pressure to go ahead and get Genji in line. And so Hanzo approaches Genji to get him in line. They don't agree, and they get into a fight, and then Hanzo ends up killing Genji. Uh, and then Overwatch, or so he thinks. Or ho- so he thinks, and then so Overwatch ends up getting Genji, repairing his body, and then uh, recruiting him in. Uh, First off, can we say this also adds a little bit of edge to Mercy's lore because she forced an almost dead person into an almost metallic body? Yes, like that's pretty hardcore to just throw someone into a cyborg body. If anyone watches Agents of Shield, that's happened yeah, before. That's Phil Coulson <laughs> shit right there, dude. That's exactly what I was thinking. I was thinking Ro- the new RoboCop. Have you guys seen that movie? Yeah. The Robo- scene, the scene where it's like his organ when all the Robo pieces come off and it's just his like organs on the table. I was like, oh god. Yeah, I mean that's that for Mercy. Like I feel that's it. It's a weird thing to have in her storyline because everything else she's like. Oh, it's the perfect combat medic, and, you know, she's doing her best to save people. But she did some insane testing on Reyes, who would then become Reaper, and she throws Genji into this, like, robot body that he then has to deal with, like, his conscience of being, like, half robot, half man. And I I think Genji's story is one of the most intertwined stories between characters in the series, because not only does he have his brother relationship with Hanzo, he has this like savior slash creator relationship with Mercy, and then he has this like almost pupil relationship with Zenyatta, who teaches him to be like at peace with himself. It makes Genji like it seems like he has one of the most intricate storylines in the game, despite the fact that he was not one of the initially like uh-huh. released yeah. heroes. Oh yeah, and that he was an offshoot of the Hanzo Genji com- combination, right? That was a single character that then got split into two two brother characters. Yeah, I mean, yeah. really, really cool. So, like, I'm I'm just thinking about it now. I'm look I'm staring this Farah Pop figure in the face, which looks beautiful, by the way. You should go look at it. I'm trying to think of like what the next wave is of of these things. So, like, say there's an exclusive. <laughs> so, they, say there's five per wave, right? There's always one exclusive. So, there's the GameStop exclusive Soldier. There's now the Blizzard exclusive Farah, right? And then you would think three normal ones and then a six inch, right? So in my head, look, I'm thinking Hanzo, Genji, a, a six inch Reinhardt, and then maybe a May just for the cuteness factor. I'm maybe. thinking a silver, a metallic silver, like chromed out Genji that's a Comic-Con exclusive. Ooh, that'd be so cool. So Dylan- not Comic Con, but I'd, I'd say BlizzCon exclusive. Yes, Dylan, it's, they it's got hilarious four or five months between right those two. I just Why, are, are you just trying to say, like see like I'm like Dylan knows exclusively, and it's just like it's just like Dylan's got <laughs> Dylan's pretty good, man. I'm Dylan... pretty good. no. Here's here's the thing. I actually don't know anything about their merch plan. Like I I don't know any exclusives or particulars. So don't try and read too much into my face. I know about oh, no. But I will say, from a business perspective, it's going to behoove them a lot more to start making the merchandise exclusive to their own store. Yeah. Uh, because obviously this is the long-run profits of the game. So it is. it would be unlikely, in my opinion, that you would see anything like GameStop exclusive 
unless there was, you know, just some insane payout by yeah. a business I mean, or like brand. To sol- from what I know, sol- the soldier thing was just, I think, to help uh, with launch. pre-orders and launch and stuff like that. Um, but yeah, I the San I know- Diego Comic Con pop exclusive it sells out every year yeah. and then tur- turns around and sells for like four hundred dollars. Well, sometimes the they become day. sometimes become standard too, like the Baneling. The Baneling Zergling reversible plush was a Comic Con oh, exclusive. That's right. that's right. And then eventually they just put it in the store. So I could see I could see them doing like a short time exclusive kind of deal. Wasn't it a different color at Comic Con? Yeah, they'd always do yeah. like different color, different little thing. Like they had a um, what's his name from the Goonies, Sloth from the Goonies, who had like a Superman shirt on. You know, that was a San Diego Comic Con exclusive or something. They, they always do like a little, just like they take the same model and they just tweak it a little bit. They paint something on his chest. Yeah, yeah, dude, but I mean, I think dude, if they start if they start doing Overwatch characters with their skins, I'm gonna be broke. <laughs> oh boy! No, I, okay. One important aspect that I do at least want to touch on, maybe even five minutes. I'm sorry if we go over. No, go for it, man. Competitive it's day. Let's go not, for it. Competitive was not there at release. Yep. We knew that was Thoughts coming, and expectations <sighs> of competitive coming next month. I mean, the, we knew this was coming. They announced. When the game first came out, or when the game was first put into beta, they announced that the competitive wouldn't be launching with the game. Um, from the system that we got during the open beta, or the closed beta too, I don't think it was particularly ready. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not surprised. Now, what, uh, I'm okay what, with competitive being see? a bit late. Honestly, because we were working with such a limited player pool during the actual beta that I don't know if they can get an accurate representation or a read on the balance of these heroes that's so the i feel like reason i've heard so far yeah so i feel like a month of just getting hard data gives the competitive or the balance team a little bit of a chance to really attack this balance issue before we re- really get competitive into it like i know everybody's biting chomping at the bit to get into esports like me especially like i've casted two tournaments already and the game hasn't even come out like i want esports to happen like now 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 but I think it's really healthy for the game to let it breathe a little bit. The game just came out. Give up, uh, give everybody a chance to actually get the game and play it because not everybody's like us. We're not going to be waiting until 4.20 p.m. to actually play this game. Some people are going to get it this weekend or a week later after they hear the hype. But if you just immediately throw competitive into the game, I think it automatically just shoves the divide into the community and... I don't think that's good for the community and just the crowd in general, man. Like, give it time to breathe, and then once the game kind of develops a life of its own, they kind of get the king's out. It's like, all right, let's tackle esports now. Well, it's the kind of no, thing. No, that's too. good. That's a second reason, even because your first reason was just let the balance of the game come out. But your second reason is let the community understand it. And I think maybe that's a lesson they learned from StarCraft. StarCraft is an overly competitive nervous wreck game that people avoid playing because they don't want to feel like they're they're you know like in a gauntlet and so i you're i think that's a very good point your second point even more than the first one that let's let people have freaking fun with the game first let them enjoy the game and and get immersed in the game and then make it competitive but they had fun with the game first i that's a very very well thought josh no, I, I completely agree. And I think the problem that you're going to run into, too, when you when you launch a game in competitive, you're going to have people that jump straight in there. And I know, I think they're adding a hero or a level requirement for yeah. competitive, right? 25, I think level 25 you have to hit. But like even then, you're going to have people... Gr- it's like League of Legends, right? You're going to have people grind to 25 as quickly as possible and then jump into competitive even though they're not ready. And I think giving them time to do that is, is great, Cable. I definitely did that in league. Yeah, <laughs> it's like th- that's not the best way to learn, and that's not the best way to to do things. You you need to have a solid base of where you're going. Yeah, right. And plus, Blizzard doesn't even necessarily know where they want to take Overwatch in terms of an esports direction. Because I've talked with like folks at Blizzard, like either firsthand or through the chain, they're looking at a lot of these community events or other tournaments that are going on to really figure out what the best direction for Overwatch esports is because I know for a fact that the team at Blizzard is divided on what rule set is uh, best suited for competitive Overwatch because at first in competitive when we saw it in the closed beta it was with that whole like you play both sides system and it took a long time 
the community started out playing Stopwatch on the payload maps in addition to all the other ones as well. And then we kind of shifted away from that. We start seeing more of a point system, uh, like point values being assigned to different points and stuff being utilized. Still not sure how that's going to work out because I know Blizzard wants Overwatch Esports to be, number one, like balanced, but at the same time, they want that rule set and the objective like to fit into like three lines. So it's not really hard for the crowd to understand how you win a series. Because right now, all the systems we have are a bit convoluted and hard to understand. So, yeah, we don't even have a rule set. So let's not jump into something that yeah. uh, we're and only like, half-assed about. You could make the... You could just honestly make like a ranked system with the current Overwatch rule set we are like with quick play, you could make a rank system just based off of quick play and just make it add in MMR and points and stuff like that. But again, like, like Josh is saying that doesn't teach people nearly the correct way. If they're going to be competitive in it, like at what point do we have hero limits in a ranked game? Like what, what, at what point does that work and how does that function? Like, I think that's the, the biggest hurdle is at what point are you hurting the casual audience? At what point are you serving the competitive audience? I think that's a problem that a lot of games run into, uh, yeah. especially, especially one like this where the game inherently wants you to play the same heroes or multiple heroes where sometimes now we figured out that that's not the best way to play competitively. So it'll be interesting to see. Well, also this, this balance between competitive and the casual crowd is going to become a, the more people will actually get better at the game and the more that there's still a casual flood of people like coming in and playing at the base, it's going to be very hard for them to answer both communities at the same time. Yeah. Because I'm pretty sure your casual crowd is still chanting Nerf Bastion and your competitive crowd is literally screaming to Nerf McCree, like literally at the top of their lungs praying to God that McCree gets nerfed. <laughs> Yo, so if you want to see some McCree play, watch the esports arena this weekend and watch watch oh our team. God. We're gonna... <laughs> what are you gonna do like a triple yes. McCree? No, we got it. We got a ringer, boys. <laughs> Six McCrees, done, no, son. No, Josh knows. We got a ringer, boys. We're good. We're All right, we have a former competitive CS:GO player who picked up Overwatch, starts one v threeing people as McCree his first day of playing, and he, all he says is, "These kids are bad, man," because his aim is just that good, and that's yeah. something that's going to be horrifying to see especially on <laughs> characters like mccree soldier or as he so affectionately calls her rocket bitch instead of farah <laughs> no <laughs> and the thing that i find that. funny is that no one plays farah into competitive right now yeah they've actually but we'll we'll get into that later well it's, yeah. it's yeah. funny it's, it's funny to see too just like really quick of how staple she was in the beta pop, and like now she's she super just, busted yeah now she's just not they nerfed her well, now that people have become actually attuned to playing Widowmaker, yeah. like we knew Widowmaker was the hero exactly. that with time would become a problem. And now that these ex-CSGO people, like you get a couple of hoppers from CSGO to play Widowmaker, and they're just going to be right as rain. Now given, will we eventually see maybe some nerfs to Widowmaker again? I mean, she's already been nerfed once, and it was nerfed through her synergy with Mercy. Yeah. Where she was no longer like getting one shots on like 250, 300 targets. I'm not sure what her, her maxed out uh, DPS is right now. But she was essentially body shotting 150s. And uh, who knows? Maybe she gets thrown into another round of that. Yeah. I would just like to say I know why people nerf or are crying nerf Bastion. If you want a power level with any hero in the game, just play Bastion. I mowed down an entire team twice all by myself yesterday because these kids don't know how to play the game. And so, yeah, if I didn't know how to play this game and I started playing and I got mowed down, my entire team got mowed down by this machine gun, like railgun character, not railgun, what's it called? Gatling gun character. Yeah, I'd be pissed too. <laughs> and I mean, a lot of times it was it's like easy mode, man. Easy you mode. Don't know, <sighs> if you don't know the maps, you don't know how to move around the outside. And, and you're you, forced yeah. to these choke points. And there's yeah. standards. There's standard positions for Bastion. There's standard positions for Torbjorn. Until you understand those standard positions, you can't avoid them, and you just walk right into them. I was like, straight up day nine, line them up moment. Yeah, <laughs> I mean it's funny too. Again, it all goes down to like how we saw this in the beta too. Of people, people got progressively better in the beta. By the end of the beta, we were with the small core group that we had of like maybe you know a few thousand people. It was actually pretty solid. Like, the level of play was actually pretty high. 
And I I think we got used to that. Like we were seeing Genji's. But do that's crazy like stuff saying that like... Wings of Liberty level of play was high in the beta too. It sure. absolutely was high, but it just oh, yeah. skyrocketed after a while. No, but I think I, I think, miss it. I think that's I, what I miss. I think play. that's what we got used to. Like, and of course it's going to get higher, but I think right now we're starting to see the the underlying thing here. Well, let me put it this way. It, it's actually been kind of miserable for me because I'm a tank support <laughs> focus kind of guy because I'm I'm trying to make sure that the team fills out and has some of the non-DPS roles filled. And when you play tanks and you play supports, you rely on your DPS to do what you expect them to do. And I'm sitting there with Reinhard wall up and I'm like, Get behind me and fire. And yeah. <laughs> I'm just out in the middle of nowhere now because my team was off doing something else and I'm just stuck on the payload with the shield wall. And I'm like... It's, I mean, it's, again, it's just like League of Legends. If you want a power level or if you want to you want to carry your team super hard, you have to play the high high damage flashy characters. You're not going to you're not going to power level, you know, carrying a bunch of bronzes as a, as a tank or a support. And you just can't like I mean, you could be a challenger level support and you won't carry your team of bronzes. Yeah. I'm going to try. I'm going to just <laughs> great, <laughs> great run Zarya. It, does, does Zarya still count as tank? Like, I mean, you do enough DPS She's on her. She's a hybrid. She's a hybrid. I consider yeah, her. Hybrid. Like Diva. Dylan, yeah. can you teach me Zarya? I tried to date and I was bad. <laughs> How can you be bad? You just press E every time it's up. And it's seriously like the most broken <laughs> I, thing ever. I did. Like, I was you get bad. it hard every game. I've never played Zarya for like an extended portion of a game and not gotten a card at the end. Okay, teach me your ways, Dylan. We can double Zarya. It's it's legit. Baller. We had six yeah, Zarya. Shield each other. You're done. Dude, did did who was in my six Zarya game? I know I did it with John. I think it was John and Mark. And I we did, played. I did do a six Reinhardt. I think game. I was in there. I think I was in there for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we did uh, five Zarya, one Lucio. That's it. Five oh, Zarya, one Lucio yeah, yeah, yeah. into a team that tried to cheese us with six Roadhogs, and we just <laughs> ran through them to the point that eventually we chased them back to their spawn when we all had ulti up, and we just unleashed <laughs> oh. like four Zarya ultis into this team of Roadhogs, and they just. <laughs> That is awesome. Just like put them in a row with each other. It's like <laughs> if you have two black holes pulling you from both sides, don't you just get ripped in half? I mean, <laughs> that would be such an in like that would be such an intricate or uh, intricate reaction. Like just seeing like this pain demographic, like their health just disappears. It's like <laughs> instant death. <laughs> That'd be great. Then who gets the kill credit? Oh no! You'd have to yeah, 50, kind of 50. split it. Maybe half, he, yeah, half. he who ults first gets <laughs> the kill credit. Oh god! All right, we're gonna end the show off the that note. Good note. But guys, the game's Good. finally out. It's exciting. Um, yes, we had a great we had a great discussion. So please go back and do that stuff. Like I said, if you if you don't play Overwatch, go ahead and check out Mission of Versus. We do have a video up there, and then uh, yeah, it's gonna be great. Awesome guys, thanks for showing up. And we'll see you guys next week. Bye.